What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Welcome, you are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Bronson Renee. Welcome to another episode of the show. And I am super excited about another interview, y'all. So I have been wanting to interview my sister. And I feel like she probably was like, girl, why? (laughs) But what? What I got to say? So since I have been prepping for maternity leave, I was like, I absolutely have to get her on here before I even go out. So y'all are in for a super good treat today. I am super excited. I'm going to be interviewing my friend Tariki and Nicole, and she is going to bless us, child, <laughs> with all the realness. <laughs> so I will let her introduce herself. So go ahead and say, hey, girl. Hey, hey. That was a like real good introduction. I, I felt like, okay, then, that's me. Let's do this. <laughs> Okay, so let me get some backstory. So me and Tarikia actually used to work together um, right when I graduated from undergrad um, and then randomly met up again when I started going to the same church she was going to. And I was like, I've seen this girl before. I've seen this girl before. Well, I've seen her before. And then we ended up becoming cool. And I was like, oh my God. I used to work with you, girl. And so, yes, yeah, so I can't wait for us to talk because what y'all don't know is Tariki is straight up from Memphis, like me. <laughs> through and through. Through, through and through. And so, country, <laughs> combined with a little ghetto, combined with a little hood. And just and just real, real educated, but also will be like super, super nice to you, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, okay. So let's let's hop into it. What's what's your shirt say? I've got a good heart, but this face. Oh my god! Yes, that shirt is literally you. Okay, y'all can't see the shirt, but literally this is her. So so why don't you just want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Um. So I am Tariki Nicole. Um, I like long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) I enjoy having a good time. I love to laugh. Um, But I am a staff recruiter by day, a full-time mom, 24-7. And I also launched a vegan meal service this year, Juneteenth, shout out. Mm -hmm. um so I prepare vegan meals and it looks like I'm transitioning into desserts so I have some really good vegan cookies so check me out don't make me vegan Instagram Facebook holla at your girl Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let me tell y'all so one day 
I went to Tariki's house. You had just moved into your house. Girl, she fixed me this vegan chili. By the way, I don't know if that's my ministry. That's not that's not my area vegan. But baby, she made this chili and grilled cheese sandwich and it was so good. I was like, this is amazing. And she loves cooking. Okay, so I want you to tell us how did you get started with cooking, but especially with going vegan? Talk about that first, going vegan, because you've been vegan for a while. Yes, I have been meat-free for six years. Um, I started out vegetarian. Um, I was vegetarian for two years, then found out my son has a dairy allergy. So we had to reluctantly let go of cheese. And uh, that's probably the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life, though, because cheese, the way it melts, and it just, it's just, it's just, that's just it. It's so good. But I couldn't keep eating it, so I had to be creative. I had to figure out how to um, continue to make those things that my child loved without dairy in them. Um, And then, too, we're in the South. Very few people are vegan, so in order for me to eat, and I like to eat a lot. You are I a foodie. Have to make my you, food. Are, you are a foodie. You are absolutely. Foodie. I like to eat. Um, so that's kind of how it just started. It was okay. I'm tired of eating fruit and vegetables. I, anybody got time to be eating salads? I don't want salads. Twist turned upside down. I'm done with those. I need some good stuff. So. Got in the kitchen one day, and I actually started following uh, the Good Vibrations book. And she was making a whole lot of stuff. And I was like, sis, how you, wait a minute. Hold on. If she can do this and she can make this food look good, I can do this too. So I started playing around, using some of the ingredients that she was using, trying some of the uh, recipes that she had posted. And I was like, okay. So that was my start with the Good Vibrations book following her Instagram, looking at her recipes, but she's alkaline and I couldn't stick to alkaline. I went about that life. Cause alkaline is so strict. Yeah. And being a mom and, you know, working and having to do soccer and T-ball at the time, there was no way, absolutely no way that I was going to keep up with alkaline. So, um, I just kind of transitioned from there really and started putting stuff together, started making some of the stuff that we ate previously, making it vegan. And once um, I figured out how to make those vegan, then I just started playing around with other stuff. Oh, okay. So with you completely going vegan and then starting this process in cooking, first of all, what changes did you see with going vegan? Um, so initially, so the changes actually started with me with vegetarian. Um, so like most people think, um, I was like, oh, if I could meet out my diet, I'll lose weight. Your girl was picking up weight. And I was like, wait, wait, why? Because I didn't know what I was doing. I lacked knowledge. Uh, so with me, with anything I do, it's literally cold turkey. So I was at uh, some taco truck <laughs> on somebody's corner eating um, chicken and steak tacos one day. And the next day I was like, I'm going to be vegetarian today. Oh my God. So how? 
yeah, it was not the best decision that I made, but because I said I was going to do it, I stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But I kept gaining weight because I, it was like a whole bunch of starch and I was basically like junk food, like junk food is my thing. It's always been my thing. So I was figuring out all the junk food stuff that I could eat, the morning star burgers and though, like all of that. So that was breakfast, lunch and dinner. So of course, eating all that stuff, all this processed food still, um, I was gaining weight. So then I started doing research because I was like, wait, this was not the plan. Like, I can't do I tried to be vegetarian. Right. So I lose weight. Why I'm gaining weight? Exactly. exactly. So literally, like, go through all of that, figure it out. And then I was like, oh, I've been doing this wrong the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed, like, I had some extra money. And I was like, how do I have extra money? So I started looking and looking and looking and I had extra money because I wasn't spending as much money on medicines. So like long time ago, my doctor told me that I should live in a bubble because I was allergic to everything. So I was like, okay, acute asthmatic, allergic to everything. So I had all the medicines, all the everything, allergy shots, you name it. So I had extra money because I wasn't spending money on any of that wasn't going to you know paying for co-pays anything like that so that in itself was enough like whether I was losing weight or not that was enough motivation for me to stick to it because I was like I'm on to something so um stuck it out for that reason and that was the biggest difference that I saw but um I guess yeah honestly that's just really was it I stuck with it because that was the the biggest difference that I saw um, whenever I go to the doctor and get physicals and checkups and stuff, um, they tell me I'm in tip top shape. Of course they tell me I need to lose weight, but I'd be like, have you had my food? <laughs> um, I don't know that I want to do, I don't, I don't know that I want to stop doing, cause if I see it, I'm gonna figure it out. Just like I just messed up this pound cake that's in the kitchen. Who makes a pound cake in the middle of a day on a Thursday? Me. Well, you made a vegan pound cake? Yeah, I messed it up though. So it's not ready yet, but I'm playing with it. Child, so it's Thursday at three I o'clock. I know. I know. Okay. So yeah. So this is kind of stuff Tariki does. She like literally just starts doing stuff. So I think that's what got her into doing meal prep. Okay. So talk about that. Talk about you getting into now you're cooking for other people. Um. So I used to post like some of the stuff that I would make. Um, and people would be like, wait, that's vegan. And I'm like, yeah, they like, oh, okay. So then I would have friends like you that would come and be like, oh, let me taste it. Let me try that. So I had several friends saying the same thing. You should, can you just make my food for me? And I'm like, "Mm, Jesus, I don't know that I really want to do that. Um, and then one day I had a friend that said, you know what you should do for your fundraiser? Cause I was fundraising to go to the Philippines last year. So I was fundraising to go to the Philippines last year. And uh, my friend was like, you should meal prep as a fundraiser. And I was like, hmm, I don't know that people really want vegan meal prep. Kept saying, we're in the South. We're in the South. People love their hot wings and their catfish. Like, who trying to buy vegan food? So she was like, well, if, if it doesn't work, then you just try another fundraiser. And I was like, well, she got a point. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So started advertising and started making stuff. 
Um, and because it was in the name of a fundraiser, people were like, yeah, I support you. You know, no big deal. I support you. So I started making the food and everybody was like, oh, this is like, this is really good. Like, is this really vegan? And I was like, I mean, you know, last time I checked, I thought, I mean, I think it is like based on what I put in it, it is. <laughs> so when I, I literally used it, that was the only fundraiser that I did. And I was able to raise all the money that I needed for my mission trip. Um, and I sent out a text message and I was like, hey, you know, thank y'all for helping me fundraise. Like I finally met my goal. And people started texting me back like, so that, that means you're not going to make my food because I still need to eat. I was like, oh. Why why black people like this? <laughs> I was like, oh. oh, so you still, okay, well, let me make your food then. So I kept it up. And um, I kept getting momentum. Uh, more people were asking about it. More people were calling me, reaching out. I want to try this. I want to try that. I want to try this. I want to try that. Uh, one of my really good friends literally coached me through the entire process. Like from beginning to end, I was like, girl, do you really, do you really think? She was like, uh-uh, girl, I got you. She was like, you should go and do it because your food is good. Like it's bomb. So I would call her and bounce ideas off her. And she was like, yeah, just do it. Just do it. So she literally was my hype man. Like after I got past the fundraising part, she was my hype man. She was like, yeah, just do it. So um, kept getting momentum, kept getting momentum. And I was like, oh, like this is turning out a whole lot better than I thought. So I just made it official this year. And what's it called? Don't make me vegan. But clearly. <laughs> And a lot of people ask me about the name. So they're like, why is it called Don't Make Me Vegan? Um, and honestly, the concept is, is really easy. Like, it's not my goal to make you vegan. If you don't want to be vegan, don't be vegan. But there are benefits in even substituting one meal a day um, and making it meat-free or animal-free. Like, you will see the benefits just by doing that once a day. And my goal at the core of it is honestly um so that we the black community knows like we don't have to be stuck on pork and beef and all this other stuff to still eat good we can eat good and also put um healthier versions of food in our body so yes, don't make yes. me vegan because that's not my goal yes girl and i'm telling y'all if y'all live in memphis y'all need to take advantage of it because it's good except when you made that potato i was so sad i could eat it Cause that cheese had nuts in it, oh, but girl, yeah. as soon as I tasted it, I was like, "This is a fried potato, bro." It had cashew cheese because I make girl. my own cheese sometimes. Too. Listen, okay, <laughs> my God, okay. So let's switch gears a little bit into um, talking about counseling. So you started counseling shortly after I did, I think, consistently consistently mm -hmm. shortly after i did and i did it in 2018 mm -hmm. okay so tell us a little bit about that what well what pushed you to go so my my very first experience with uh therapy was uh in 2011 um if anybody asks me i tell them 2011 was probably the worst year um that i've ever had people talk about 2020 <laughs> 2011 still Worship. tops it because 2020 yeah. has been girl no. no 2011 still tops 2020 
So that was my first experience with counseling. But for me, it was still that I didn't wrong me. Like, why why I gotta go talk to somebody? Like, I'm good. Um, and I battled with that for a really long time because I was like, mm-mm, yeah, I don't need to go. So like I would go for like quick fixes, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, let me just drop in and tell her what's on my mind and let her help me figure this out, and then I'm done. Um but then I started to realize the more I matured, I started to realize it was really helping me. Um, so I needed to be consistent because life continues to happen. So I need to figure out how to navigate it instead of going in for quick fixes. So if I go in consistently, then I don't have to worry about my life, quote unquote, falling apart. And then I'm running, trying to get somebody to help me overcome that. Mm. Um, so uh, in 2018, I started and I was like, hmm, okay, so let's get this done. Um, let's get it consistent so it becomes a natural part of my routine and I can become a healthy me. Because the one thing, uh, as a single mom, the one thing that I want is to make sure that I'm a healthy version of me for my child. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't deal with the skeletons in my closet, then I can't help him overcome it. And he sees what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through. And then he starts to act out in those ways. So the best way, the best thing that I could ever give my child is a healthy me. And that's, that's my goal. Like he is literally my why for sticking Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay, I need to do this consistently. Started out with one lady and she was awesome. She was literally amazing. She just was not for me at the, that the stage that I was in. So um, thanks to you and all your tips on how to find a therapist and uh, all the resources to look for, um, to look into um, the websites and stuff like that, I found another one. And I think you, the lady I'm with now, I think you suggested her. You were. You were my confirmation. Yes. Yeah, because, okay, so y'all hear me talk about Miss Bob, my therapist. But Miss Bob and Tarika couldn't do counseling together because they cool. That's my homegirl. <laughs> and baby, listen, I remember you were like, but I can't see you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so we, can't we can't work around this. Yes. And so we, I think when you found your new girl, mm-hmm. I think it was based off suggestion and you liked her. And I remember once you liked her, when Ms. Bob was full, I was like sending people to your person. Yeah. Yes. Okay. She is definitely, um, she's definitely amazing. And I remember that day I, like I had prayed about it and you text me that morning and I was like, okay, God, like I hear you, like you loud and clear. <laughs> so I was scrolling through, like when you text me, I was scrolling through a list of, uh, therapists. And then later on that day, you were like, okay, so I found something that I think will work for you. And it just so happened to be one of the ones that I was looking at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God, that's confirmation. Like, that's it. This is where I'm going with. And she's been amazing. I've been with her um, actually a year this month. Has it been a year? Mm-hmm. Really? Wow. Okay. So, so s- switching to the new person. So that's also a thing because I think sometimes people have bad experiences and then they stop or they don't go, or they start to question why. So talk about for you, like what made you try again after kind of the first experience? 
Um, so like I mentioned before, once I set my mind to it, it's, it's happening. Um, and again, I have this desire for the life that I want to provide for my child mentally, spiritually, physically, like all of that. Um, so I was, I had opened too many doors and rehashed or relived a lot of moments. And it was hard to go back as if those weren't just kind of floating around in my yeah, head. Yeah. So I needed to figure out how to deal with it. So I couldn't just stop. And I think I stopped for a second. I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is for me. Maybe therapy is not for me. Um, and I don't, I think, I feel like it was something you may have posted on your story uh, about sometimes you have to find what, what fits you or the therapist that fits you. So the first time you try, that may not be it. So right. you have to keep going. Yes, sir. Um, and it's just like literally finding the therapist is just like finding the right fitting shoes, like the right size shoe. Like mm-hmm. the first one might not fit. You just yes. might have to find another one that does. So um, it was just that for me, just saying, okay, I need this not only for me, but for future generations because it can start with me and trickle down to my child and his children and their children so let's start this with me yeah um, that was kind of the motivation just to keep going to keep trying because I knew I needed to do it for, for my child yeah yeah and I, I also like use a reference point of like therapy is like starting a relationship because I'm sitting with this person telling them deep deep things very very open things if we don't jive well together in a relationship communication wise, commitment wise, whatever, it's just not going to work. And so sometimes you do have to try again to be able to get your footing into what ultimately can help you get to the place of where you're like with somebody for a certain amount of time. So for you, like with going to a new person and starting over, what was like what were some of the things that when you finally did get to the new person that you immediately saw impact and results from? Um, I think the most important thing for me was um, the therapist being a Christian or Mm -hmm. going to Christian uh, therapy. And one of the first things she said, um, she was talking to me about how, and I can't remember exactly how she did it, but how we view God and how um, a lot of the things that we go through, we can't see them the way that we need to see them um, because we can't see God the way that we need to see him. So we have to deal with those things because all we can see is what's above the the tip of the iceberg that's up. We can't see everything that's below. So in order for us to be able to move forward and see God the way that he wants us to see him, we have to deal with some of our things because it's really easy for us to project our earthly relationships on our godly relationship and that spoke volumes to me because I was like I know God be showing up for me and I know that he's a provider but I don't just want to see him for the things that he can do for me I want to see him for who he is all together um so that that's what spoke volumes to me I was like oh it's her we so let's do this thing here come on you are hilarious, but you bring up a good point because I think, like I say all the time, the way you view God 
it's shaped by the way you grew up. And it's also shaped a lot by like our, like you said, relationships with other people, not knowing like your view of God could be trash and you may think it's not trash as you're like, oh, it's God. So it's, you know, I don't, you know, he's this, he's that. But it's like, do you genuinely believe he's those things? Yeah. Because that's the, that's the part. It's like, I know he's these things, but do I believe he's these things? Right. Like he's a dad, but do I do I love him like a dad? You know what I'm saying? Like all that. Okay, so so when so what has been your your experience like thus far? It's been, it's been a year. Um. So I've realized in a year because I used to tell people like I like myself. Um. And I used to say all the time, <laughs> oh, like I really like I really you love myself. Said it. You did it. Like, oh yeah, I love me. I really really like me. And it has. It has gotten a whole lot, like it's it's so much deeper. Like I am able to establish boundaries. Like I'm able to say, hey, like, no, I can't do that. And I'm okay with that. And I can say, yeah, that's fine. Uh, Cause one thing we learn in church is like, when you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. So like, I'm able to say, okay, and not like, overwork myself or push myself or conform to other people's expectations of me i've realized that ain't my issue like that's that's a you problem i can't live up to your expectations Girl. i don't even know what they are Girl. so that's um i can that's kind of been my journey thus far digging into um some of those things where like i may not have had boundaries and putting those boundaries in place and being able to say, no, I can't do that. Or even in friendships, like my friendships have gotten a whole lot stronger because I can say, Hey, that hurt. And I think that's also a big thing for me because you know how we're like, Oh, what you got to say to me didn't hurt my feelings. Like that's fine. Like it's nothing. And I'm like, no, that hurt my feelings. Like when you said this, I felt like this. Or when you did this, it made me feel like this. So it's easier for me to communicate. So I I feel like I communicate better in my friendships. Um, I'm able to say, okay, yes, I can do this. No, I can't do that. So it's, again, establishing boundaries. And I think I've become a better parent altogether. Really? More loving. Um, and Josiah actually said last night, I love cuddles with you. They just make me, that just make me feel so much better. And I've learned how to speak to him, um, and to be able to meet his needs based on some of the expectations of the things that he's wanting in a parent. Girl. Okay. Go there for a second. Cause, I, cause you know, I'm all into this now. Cause you know, I'm like, you know, my brain, anytime somebody's talking about being mommy or being my mommy, I'm like, tell me all the teeth to spill all the lifting. I need all of it. Okay. So with the switch of parenting, what was, what was, what were the things you saw that switched early on or the things that were lacking early on that now are different? He's so Josiah is super affectionate. How old is Josiah now for the he people to know? Seven next month, this month, this month, at the end of the month, he'll be seven. Okay. So you have a seven, you have a whole, you have a whole seven year old child. You have a whole seven. He was just seven months. Where did the time go? Child. Um, so he's very affectionate and I didn't know how to be affectionate. Like I felt like, Oh, 
this is what I want, but I didn't know how to do that. I used to be like, oh yeah, do I have to hug you? Like, is that what we doing? We gotta, we gotta hug. Oh, like you got, you, you gotta touch me. Is your love language not physical touch at all? No, it's not. What is your love language? Acts of service is, oh. is priority. It's like primary. Really? And, and, um, quality time is secondary. Really? Okay, so mine's is physical touch. That's the first thing. And quality time. No, uh, physical touch and words of affirmation. Literally, Nico could be sitting on the couch and if he holds my pinky finger, I feel loved. It's the <laughs> weirdest. It's the weirdest thing, sis. I'm just like, just touch my arm and it makes me feel loved. Meanwhile, he's like, why? <laughs> so, and quality time, I'm like... I ain't really got to spend time with you. I just want you to tell me I look nice and just touch me. And that just makes me feel so loved. But he is quality time. So I have to like push myself to get to that. But it's so, it's so interesting when I hear people say like, they're not that affectionate. Cause I'm like, I love being touched. Okay. And it don't have to be sex or intimate intimacy. It just literally can be just touch my hand. Yeah. I'm happy. And that's, that's Josiah. Um, he will kiss me 50 million times a day. And I'm like, can we, can we scale back on some of these kisses? <laughs> and I have to keep reminding myself because other pa- like parents of teenagers are like, oh, at some point he's going to stop doing it. So I try to like embrace it and just enjoy it while it's happening. But re- realistically, I'm like, you ain't got to touch me though. Like I'm good. <laughs> so okay so 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 affection was one of the things that was like anything else um he so i was i think think the majority of it was just frustration altogether like it was so much going on in my head that i wasn't able to compartmentalize and figure out um so i was just frustrated altogether um because even last night, I don't even think this answers your question, but I want to see it. Even last night, he called my mom and he was like, Mimi, I just want to thank you for making my mama because she's the best mama ever. <laughs> and it just literally warms my heart because a year ago, a year and a half ago, I wasn't able to be that person. Like I used to fuss a lot. I was, I had little patience. My patience still a little little thin but I have a whole lot more patience in parenting I have I'm able to step back and say hey you know I probably shouldn't have said that to him or I probably shouldn't have done that let me go and apologize because recognizing that he is still a person regardless of how old he is he's still a person and I can hurt his feelings just like anybody else can hurt mine um so apologizing is one of those things um that I'm able to do a whole lot more now because I can recognize where I end and where he begins. Oh, that's deep. I was going to say one, your, your, your example. Cause you know, that's not the way we grew up. It's like, you do what I say, you do it because I said it. And because I said it, it's right. And, and if you have anything else to say about it, it's disrespectful. Oh, and that backfires, though. Oh, baby. Especially when you become grown and you really don't have to 
Yeah, I be sometimes no shade to my mama because I love it. Mama, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. But like sometimes I really like you can provide your opinion all day long. I really I hear you, but I'm not gonna do it. Like I'm not, and I'm sorry, and I'll tell you I'm not gonna do it. And when you get mad at me, I'm gonna be like, I'm sorry, I'm just not gonna do it because it's just it's I'm not okay, girl. So like, and that it's a thin line because now like I allow him to voice his opinion. I allow him to tell me how he feels. Um, and I validate his feelings. It may not change the situation because you're still going to do it, but I'll listen to you. And I listen to him and he says, mama, can you just listen? And I'm like, you know what? Absolutely. I will absolutely listen to you. So I listen to what he has to say and it backfires sometimes because sometimes he tell me what I said and I'm like Oh child, why did I say mm, See, this that? Is why that I was a really that. good point. <laughs> so it sometimes backfires, but I allow him to have a voice. Um, even for stuff, you know, our parents were good for calling us from the other room, like, can you give me the remote? And I'll say, Josiah, can you bring me the remote? And he's like, No. And it kind of sucks because I'm like, no, you're going to get in here and bring me this remote. But then I have to remember that I'm teaching him that his no matters. And that's not really something that I need for him to do for his safety. It's just because I don't want to get up. Listen, and that's not the way we grew up. That was just not it. That was not it. It wasn't. My mama would tell me, go Please yep. hand that to me. And I'm like, it's literally not far from you, girl. It's right there at the end of your face. Literally too. right there. Yeah. Child. Okay. So, and with that though, especially being a single parent, like that overall, it, that can bring another layer of having to still be on all the time and be available emotionally mentally everything all the time so it becomes taxing and so like how do you think that that even just talk having your outlet your own outlet helps you with processing me even being a single parent um so you know you're Tariki on the call knew last name you know what i'm saying (laughs) so um I have so even that it does get it, it gets really taxing. Um, it does get hard, but that's when I also have to realize self care. Like I have to figure that out. And one of the biggest things that I learned in therapy was that, you know, we sometimes think self care is doing. Like let me go spend this, let me go buy this, let me go do that. But self care can be something as simple as cleaning the dishes up, especially when you recognize that seeing dishes in the sink stresses you out. So if it's a stressor, self-care is handling those dishes because it's no longer a stressor for you. Um, That's really good. So it's really figuring out what to do to keep me at a place where I am emotionally available for him. Um, And he knows, oh, this your quiet time? Absolutely, get out. He also knows, oh, this is mommy time. Well, can I just have Josiah time since you having mommy time? Absolutely. Go spend time with yourself so I can spend time with me. And that's kind of how we we operate and we regroup and we, you know, have those moments for ourselves. And he is a whole lot less frustrated when he gets Josiah time. And I'm a whole lot less frustrated when I get mommy time. 
Um, and that's just, even if it's something as simple as binge watching a show that I've wanted to watch for a while or taking a hot shower uh, with some candles and some aromatherapy or something going on, but I have to make sure that I not only take care of my physical self, but I take care of my spiritual and my mental self. And the best way that I can do that is to make sure that I'm actively practicing self-care. Yes. All those things. All that. All those things. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about our daddy. So, well, well, before we get to that part, before we get to him, I do want to ask you, what were also some deep-rooted things that you discovered throughout the process and going to counseling that I had daddy issues so this kind of <laughs> actually goes right on into this next part because I really had daddy issues and I was the person like I knew like my dad he's he passed away seven years ago um but when he was alive we didn't have the best relationship but it took therapy for me to realize that he was the best version of himself for me that he could be so I had this expectation that I had placed on him that he didn't even know I had placed on him. So how can he even live up to an expectation that I didn't even tell him? So because I couldn't see, because I didn't have the earthly father that I wanted to have, I couldn't recognize Jesus as being my daddy because mm-hmm. my daddy ain't show up for me the way I wanted to. How are you going to show up for me the way I want you to? So that was hard. So I literally had to work through those daddy issues. And because, look, I'm such a jelly bean. Hard outside, soft on the inside. You <laughs> are not hard. Girl, yes, I am. And you got thug life. Yes, okay. I am. Well, let, me, let, me not, let me not put no disrespect on your name, fam. <laughs> thug My bad. Life. My bad. <laughs> not hard at all, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Because of that, I used to be like, people used to be like, oh, like you need to work through that. I'm like, I don't need to work through that. Like, he don't want to be here. He ain't got to be here. I'm good. Like, I don't. But then got older, sat in therapy, and boo-hooed, broke down because that lack of relationship, that lack of nurturing that I wanted from my dad, I didn't get. And that affected a whole lot of other things, but definitely my relationship with God because I couldn't see God as a father because I couldn't even see my daddy as a father. Yes. And so how do you think that working through those daddy issues, because I say this so much, like the way I used to view my own father was, was literally the mirror of how I view God. In a short way to say, I thought, my daddy was only my dad only dealt with me when I got in trouble. So naturally I always thought God only deals with me when I do something bad. And I must be bad because stuff happens all the time and I feel like I'm a bad person or I naturally just feel like I'm always rejected. So I just looked at God as a disciplinarian and not knowing like because I looked at him that way. I never could process him loving me fully because it was never something I received from the first male I ever had interaction with. Right. And so with that, so how do you think with, from processing through therapy change your relationship with God? Um, Cause I recognize now that God is love and his core being is love. So I can't ever compare somebody that has flaws somebody that jesus died for i can't ever compare them to god because jesus was flawless like he 
was perfect where whereas we're trying to be like him so we're imperfect people so there is no way that i can compare the two so i have to learn how to separate the two and recognize that as people we have our own flaws we have the, our own things that we're struggling with we have our we have our own things that we're fighting through but god in uh god is already already the answer for that so I need to look to him when I feel like I'm lacking something and also recognizing that whatever I feel, Jesus has already felt. So it's okay for me to reach out to him and say, hey, I'm mad at you right now because you allowed this situation to happen to me and I don't feel like I should have gone through that situation or I don't feel like I should have had to deal with that situation or I'm anxious because I'm not ready for this next step that you think I'm ready for. Or I'm frustrated because you're giving me all of this stuff and you say I can handle it, but who told you I can handle this? So like just really recognizing that everything that I go through here, Jesus has already gone through it. So I have somebody that I can really trust. And although he's not always tangible, he's still a person that's readily available for me because he's truly God and he's truly man. So he is that person that truly recognizes and understands, understands everything that I go through. So why not just see him and learn more about him and figure out who he is versus trying to compare my earthly relationships to him? Yeah, and have a lot of resentment towards those relationships. So then yeah. Yeah, it creates this it almost creates this um, stumbling block between us and God. Yep. Well, you said a couple of things that I really, really liked. I like the way you described that, that Christ feels what we feel because we forget that. But also what it sounds like is more of a friendship mm-hmm. with God versus this sometimes feeling like I have to, a worker be like a lot of times we, we think that that's the way it has to be. And that doesn't come off. When I hear the way you described it, it comes off so, I would want to know who this God is. I would want to know about him. And I think that's such a perspective shift because when you deal with the way you were treated or the way you dealt with things as a kid and processing and shifting your focus towards back to God and looking at him in that way, it brings just a refreshment to your relationship with him. And even thinking about, like, listening to you now, I'm reminded of um, being in church here recently. Um, they were singing a song, and the words to the song was, what would you do if he walks into the room? And as I was worshiping to that, I literally was like, I just really hope he sit down so I can lay in his lap, because that's what I want to do. Like, if he walk in this room right now, I want to lay in his lap. Mm -hmm. And I just want to have random conversation. Like, that's what I would do if he walked in this room. And I literally had a visual of that. Um, Just that desire to, like, hang out. Like, I don't want him to fix nothing. I don't want him to do nothing. I don't want him to give me nothing. I just want to lay on his lap and see what that whole experience is like, just laying in his lap. Girl. So it's that... And that's how I am now able to see him. That's why it's so easy for me to see him as daddy because all the things that I wanted from my dad, I already had it in God. I already had it. 
I just had to embrace what he was already giving me yes. and open my heart enough to know or to believe that he had already given it to me. And it's not overcomplicated. We no. overcomplicate God so much. Yeah. So much. It's very simple. And I can even speak for myself. There have been times, especially while I've been pregnant, because child, I am one of my core values is self-awareness and these hormones don't allow me to be self-aware because they're everywhere. Because they ain't yours right now. Girl, girl, they're everywhere, okay? I just like, why? I don't, I don't, I can't tap in to see what I feel today. And because of that, I've been like, God, what is going on? Am I doing something wrong? And it's just like, people have to tell me you're pregnant. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with what I have to get done, okay? But it's like, have several seats. And I know it does. And so it, it becomes an overcomplication and it doesn't have to be. It's very simple, very simple. So with that and, and kind of with t- like wrapping, wrapping up, describe how you built this new understanding of God and your relationship with him throughout this process, like, um, like how that shifted. So I had to really truly dig into his word and I had to realize one verse and sadly I can't ever remember this verse but it's in the Bible twice I can tell you where to find it I just can't remember the verse it's in Matthew and it's in Mark actually look at God it's Mark 1 7 okay when Jesus first starts his ministry and he's baptized by John the Baptist and the heavens open and God said, this is my son whom I love, whom I'm, uh, who I'm well pleased. And I have to constantly remind myself, Jesus hadn't done a thing yet. Damn ministry, min- miracle, hadn't even started his ministry. He had done nothing. But because of who he was, God loved him. He had done nothing, but God was still proud of him and he claimed him as his own. So that is what I always remind myself of when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I feel less than, when I feel whatever. God said, I'm his daughter. He loves me and he's proud of me. And it ain't a thing I got to do to deserve that. Nothing. Girl, how beautiful is that? So it's just so simple. Yep. Constantly reminding myself of that is literally how I've made it through the process, how I've made it over the hurdles, how I've made it through some of the past hurts and pains, how I've been able to forgive, even when I didn't want to forgive. It's just kind of how I've transitioned through all of that because I recognize that I'm his child. And if nobody else claims me, if don't nobody else love me and ain't nobody else proud of me, my daddy said he was. Period. (laughs) Period, Pooh. Well, that is beautiful. And that's a great way to end this. So I appreciate you, sis. So why don't you tell the people where they can find you at? Um, so depending on what you're looking for, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Tariqia Nicole. Um, that's T-A-R-E-K-I-A-N-I-C-O-L-E. Um, that's if you just want to be my friend. But if you want my food... You can find me on both Facebook and Instagram at Don't Make Me Vegan. Don't make me vegan. Come try it. (laughs) 
specific. Like, I mean, if you want to be my friend, but if you really want my food. <laughs> well, I love you, sis. And I love you all so much. And I will talk to you next week. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus.